Listen, I'm so excited. Um, I want to ask this first off. How many of you have ever done experiencing God? Raise your hand. That's cool. Look around. There we go. A, a good number of you. How many of you have never heard of experiencing God? Raise your hand. Um, that's cool. Experiencing God has been around since June 1976. Uh, Henry Blackaby and Claude King, who are pastors uh, now just running a ministry, uh, but they wrote the book uh, based on some things that um, Dr. Blackaby learned through his ministry and through pastoring in Canada, starting churches all over Canada, mission churches. And so these are just some things that he's, he's learned through that. Let me just give you a heads up. Tonight, we're basically, basically just going to go over, over some things of helping you understand how you're going to dig into this. It is um, a five-day-a-week study. Um, so don't just think Wednesday nights and you're going to be good. Wednesday night's going to be a lot of review. As pastor comes back in, he'll be talking about what we learned in the week, uh, hopefully answering questions, but hopefully hearing from you and what God's telling you. This is a personal experience kind of thing. This is not just us standing up here teaching you something. We want you to learn as you go through this throughout, throughout the week. So when I say it's a five-day-a-week study, that means you have I like to look at it this way. This is how I was in school. I have two cheat days, right? Seven days a week. There's only five days of homework, so I got two days to make up. So I know that some of you are going to get up one day and be like, I forgot to do my experience in God yesterday. So you have two days to make up. Don't try to rush through and do three days in one day. Don't do that. Um, try, to, try to stay consistent uh, building this habit. This study is going to go all the way up to December 6th, the last Wednesday night that we have, um, which is going to be really good. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, we staff, Some of the staff started this summer and been going back through it. I went through it in the 90s uh, when I was first saved and going back through it. You know, you remember certain things, but then some of the things God just shows you again. It's like, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about this. And, and, and I really, I am excited. I've been praying uh, for you, uh, not knowing who was going to be here, but I'm praying specifically for everyone that was coming here today that God would do something in your life um, big, that God would do something that, that only he could do. And this is the cool thing. What I was writing today as I was thinking about tonight, I said, you know what? A healthy part of the body makes for a healthier body, does it not? You know, when you have a sick part in your body, it makes the rest of your body feel bad and, it, and it's not healthy. And I really believe that we see healthy individuals in our church, then we're going to see a healthier church. And I'm praying that God would do something through this, not only in your life, but in our life corporately. Um, as many of you know, probably that in October, we're going to be having revival for a few days and having some pastors come in preaching uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Is it three or four? I think. Um, and so, so we're really praying up until that. And I think this is so fitting to, to start this, that as you begin to do this, you're going to be well into this study and seeing what God can do and will do through you. All right. So tonight we're going to, we're going to walk through some things. Um, we're also going to spend some time praying. I'm going to open us in prayer, but then later I want to open it up for prayer requests um, and praying not only for, for things that are affected in our life right now and circumstances, but maybe what, what do you want God to do in your life right now? What are you expecting or hoping to get out of this study? I want to pray for that. The reason I had you sign that pad that's gone now um, is to pray for it. I guess my wife got it. It's up there. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm good. Um, I want to pray for you guys daily as you go through this. Um, I want to pray that, that God would open your hearts. Maybe, maybe right now you've, you've struggled in your relationship with God. Maybe, maybe the last few months have been hard to have a relationship with God. Maybe your fellowship with Him and some of the things you'll learn, especially in the end of this study, that you're not hearing from God. Or maybe your joy's gone. You know what I'm talking about? You remember that joy that you had when you first met Christ? When you first said, yes, God, I'll follow you. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Reality happens. And stuff happens. And junk happens. And sickness and death. And all these things come and begin to rob our joy from God. There's nothing spiritual, nothing holy, nothing incredible about just the words of this book. But it's the words that he uses from God's word that I think is going to speak to every one of us. And so I believe if we would put our whole heart into this, if we'd really commit to what God is asking us to do here, I really believe that life change is going to happen. I really believe that our lives will be transformed, and I believe our church's life will be transformed. So can I pray for us? Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you. Um, Lord, first of all, that we can meet. Lord, there's so much, uh, so many distractions going on right now in our world from government to just the storms and all that people are going through, God, and maybe just here locally for our lives, just sicknesses and, and, and loss of life and, and just confusion. God, whatever it is, Lord, going on our life. Lord, I pray right now that you would just help us to focus on you. God, would you just stop and help us to stop and to, to focus on who you are and what you want to do in our lives. God, I really believe that if we put our heart into what you want to teach us here, and we listen to what you have to say to us, God, I really believe, God, you will change us, and our relationship with you will be stronger and stronger than ever. So, God, I pray for that. I pray, God, that you would just speak and that you would move, and and God, that whatever you do, Father, I pray that we would be obedient to what you call us to. I thank you for each and every person that's come tonight. Those that couldn't make it tonight but are going to be going through the study, God. Lord, I pray, Father, that, that each one of us would listen and each one of us would be attentive to what you have to say to us, God. I thank you that you speak to us. I thank you that we can have a relationship with you, God. So God, tonight we come with, with open arms. God, just use us. Speak to us. Move us. Whatever you have to do, God, I pray that you would do it. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing I didn't mention that I think is really cool. Right now, at the same time, there is a Spanish track going on in building A uh, that Alex and Lydia are, are leading um, that class came to us and said, hey, instead of translating, can we just do our own? Which, you know, translation, it loses a lot sometimes. And she does that every week already, if you didn't know that. She translates in the back of the LC live. And I don't know how she does it and how she gets through it, but she does. Uh, but they just asked tonight, hey, can we just meet and do that on our own? So we got them Spanish books. They're meeting out there. Their kids are going to, to the kids' activities. So I'll just say that to say this. Would you pray for them? Would you pray also for them as they go through this? 
that God would do something in their hearts, that God would move in them. Um, I really love the people that are in that class and mean a lot to me. They come down to LC service every Sunday and they serve and, and they're here and they're faithful. Um, and so I'm just, I'm excited about that. I'm praying for Alex and Lydia as they lead that because they do so much already. Would you just say a special prayer for them? That God would use them, bless them. Um, they'll be here on Tuesday nights for ESL. I mean, it's just, it's amazing what God does through people who are willing and, and faithful and obedient. But uh, so what I want to do tonight is just give you kind of an intro to what's going to be happening. Tonight, I'm not going to start off a lot going, hey, session one says this. I'm going to leave that for pastor next week. He'll be back here next Wednesday. Uh, but tonight, I just want to kind of walk you through and let you see the book, get familiar with the book. Um, and I want, I want this uh, to be a part of your routine every day. All right? Now, again, this does not replace God's word. This is not the Holy Scriptures. But the principles that he mentions in this book, the principles that he uses and that we study are, are coming, a lot of it coming from God's word. And so that's why we're putting so much into this. That's why we believe this is going to change lives and it's going to help. So basically, if you'll just open up, you've got a book, if you'll open up to the first unit, and it's page six, um, you're going to see 12 units. Um, so this is unit one on page six. There are 12 weeks, and so we'll finish this up December 6th with the last unit on that Wednesday night. We'll kind of wrap up. I'm hoping it'll be a special night about all that God's done over the last 12 weeks, and we see God do some miracles in our lives, right? We see God answer some prayers. We see God use us. We may see some people that are, that are not here anymore because they're being used by God somewhere else. Amen? I don't wish that upon anybody that I'm not saying I want you to move, and go, but who knows, right? Let's be open to that. So unit one, you're going to always see this on every week. And so on Thursday, tomorrow, you're going to open up to page six, all right? Um, you can do it tonight. If you want to do it at night, do it at night. That's fine. But just know you've got till next Wednesday to be done with unit one. He's usually given a story. I believe if you're using a, who in here has a, an older book? Somebody brought one, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is what I remember. I love this. I was shocked when they, they changed it. I was like, man, this, this is the older one. Um, and it might, this is, I think, probably the 90s, isn't it? I don't remember, but um, it's, it's been printed 20, well, that was 23 times in 2002. Steve has an old one back there, I think, from the 50s. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it, there's, there's, there's little, there, I don't think you're going to notice much of a difference from the sessions of the week, but I think there are, it's probably missing some things like the stories. These are, there's some stories that they've added over the years of people talking about, this is what experience that God did for me, or this is what we learned and what happened. So you're going to see this. Richard Blackaby, who is Dr. Blackaby's son, actually went in and helped revise this. So you'll see Richard Blackaby on there. That's his son. Every one of his kids, I think he has like five or six kids, are in ministry. How about that, right? Um, and so if you turn over to page eight, you're going to see day one. Now, some of you, I've already had this. They go, man, that's a big book, and that's a lot of, you didn't tell me it was homework. Um, well, guess what? It's homework. You've already paid for the book. You can't get it back. So um, you're going to have to stick to the homework. So day one, you're going to walk through. You'll see this. Uh, usually, they're about four or five pages. Sometimes they're easier to read. Sometimes they're, they're a little tougher. It's also got questions in there. It's got scripture a lot of the times he puts the scripture in the book, 
Um, I encourage you to open your Bible, though, beside it and go through the Scripture in your, in your Word. Highlight, underline, mark, whatever you do and how you do that. Make sure you're doing that, but just, just read through. The first day, I think, is a lot about what you're going to see in the next few weeks. Uh, it tells you some different parts of it and what he wants you to do and how you can do it best and, and, and get the most from this. So, so the day one is really good. I love what he starts with. Listen to this. A prerequisite. You ready? Prerequisite. A relationship with Jesus. Right? I mean, how can you experience God if you don't have a relationship with Jesus? The cool thing is he starts out the week, unit one, in introducing you to Christ. And if you don't know Christ, by the end of week one, guess what? You have a chance to meet him. And, and this is very important because one of the things he talks about is our relationship with God. Our love relationship with God is very important in this whole process, in experiencing and knowing God's will for our lives, all right? So I, I really, I ask that you pray through that uh, and, and really answering, and, and answering some tough questions, maybe evaluating your own life, going, do I know Christ? Do I have a relationship with God? Because if you get through all 12 units and you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're going to be missing something, all right? You're going to be missing something. So please, and that's one of the reasons I wanted your names also, is to be praying. God, would you show every single person in here that they know you, that they've experienced you in salvation, and would you speak to them through that? So um, I'm looking forward to the stories that we hear from this. Maybe some of us that, that have a salvation experience, we've been, we have a relationship with God, but maybe we haven't been living like we have a relationship with God, right? It's possible in a, in a group this size. Maybe somebody in here that, that doesn't know Christ. And through the first week, we hear God do something amazing in their life, and they give their lives to Christ. That's what it's about. And so I, I really want you to take time to, to read through this. Take your time. Don't just get up in the morning five minutes before you got to walk out the door and get a cup of coffee and just rush through this. Take your time. Find a time in your day. I love Discover Mount Airy because our pastor, let me just say this. If you've never been to Discover Mount Airy, you need to try to go one time because it's incredible to, to listen and watch. We got 22 signed up for this time, this Sunday. That's amazing. 22, I'm freaking out because that's a lot of people. We've never had that many, but that's good. 22, but our pastor says this. He said, you know what? You, you, need, to, you need to find a time. You need to find a place, and you need to have a plan when you sit down with God's word. So tonight or tomorrow, when you start this, come up with a place that you know I can go to this place every day. All summer, you know where I've done most of mine? In this brown recliner that we got, and it looks like it's bad, but it just sits over in the corner, and I just pop it up. I open the blinds a little bit to get a light, and I, and I read my book right there. That's my place. I don't do it every time there. Other things come up and, and, and reasons I can't get there, but, but most of the time, that's where I'm opening this up, and I'm opening up God's Word, taking time just walking through this. Spending some time with Jesus. Find that place. Find that time and make a plan. All right? If you don't have a plan, guess what? You're going to miss a day. You're going to miss two days. You're going to miss three days. All right? And this is not just for experiencing God. This is just for the rest of your life. If you don't have that, find a place, find a time, and get a plan. We'd spend time with Jesus. So we're going to go through this. You'll see as you go through on, on, on day one, he's talking about some of the different parts. Um, go to page 13. I think this is another one of those most important pieces. <coughs> Excuse me. 
the daily review at the top of page 13. Every, every day, well, I won't say every day because there's a couple days he changes it up, but most of the days you're going to have a little box at the bottom of page 13 that says um, review today's lesson. And so you're going to have those three sections there in that gold box that you're going to have to answer each day. So day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. I want to say this. Don't skip that. All right? I've been tempted to get through it, and I get to those questions and go, use that to really think about what God's saying to you. If you come in this with the right attitude, with the right spirit, God's going to say something to you during that day. There's going to be something in those pages that sticks out. It might be something from God's word. It might be something that Blackaby said. It might be something completely different. But use this time to think about, God, what are you saying to me? What are you, what are you saying? And then, and then after you write the most meaningful statement, you'll reword the statement in, in a response, in a prayer response. And so then maybe it's, God, I need help with this. God, I need help in my relationship with you. God, I need help in this or that. Write that out to God. And I know that's a little, little small area to write in, but, but just a one-sentence prayer. And then throughout your day, you're praying that. God, you know what you said to me earlier? I'm still praying about that. I'm still working on that. Then the last thing is, what does God want you to do in response so a couple of things. Number one, what did I hear God say? Number two, God, this is what I heard, so now you need to, you need to do something, help me. And the third thing is, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be obedient. Guys, let me tell you something. We could come every single day of the week for Bible study, but it would do us no good if we didn't apply it to our lives. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this book right here, is active and living and incredible and it's full of so much knowledge and so much wisdom for our lives. But if all we do is read it, it's no good. One, one, one of the things that, I, that I've gotten from my study and understanding God's word is this. God wants obedient children. I mean, some of you have had kids, right? How many of you have a kid and, and you really, you just want kids that disobey you all the time? I wish my kids would disobey me one more time. It would make my day and my wife's day if my kids would not listen to what I said today one more time. We don't do it. And I think God feels the same way as our Father. He says, listen, all I want is obedience. I don't care about your church attendance. I don't care about your, your reading the Bible every day and praying it. I want you to do it. You know what the problem of the church today is? So we're not doing God's word. Oh, yeah, I go to church. I got, I got, I don't know if many of you might not remember, some of you do. You get perfect attendance for Sunday school. You remember that? Did Mount Airy, Mount Airy did that, didn't they? You get perfect attendance for Sunday school. Whoop-de-doo. Because you know what? That pen means nothing if I'm not living God's word out in my life. If I'm not living what I learn in Sunday school, then that pen means nothing to God. Guys, I really believe you're going to hear from God every day. If you come with the right heart and the right spirit, 
and you say, God, here I am. Maybe, maybe your heart even is not right and you're, you're not in the mood to do this one day and you feel like, God, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Just do it. But God, speak to me. And I promise you, God will speak to you. But you know what? If you get through this whole thing in 12 units and you haven't put any of it in practice, guess what? You've wasted $16 in 12 weeks of your life. I don't want that for you. That's another reason I put your names on a prayer list is I'm praying, God, would you just help them, help them to live out one thing in that book? Help them to take one thing that they've learned and live it out in their lives. And you know what? Your lives will be different just because of that one thing. I'll never forget, it was 90, I got saved in 96, March 24th, 1996. I'll never forget the day. But sometime after 96, we went through experiencing God. And I remember one thing about it. We're going to walk through these seven realities in a minute. But one thing I remember is this. I, I remember him telling me, God is always at work around you. I'll never forget that. What, what was that, 20-something years ago? And I remember that God is always at work around me. That means something to me now. When I'm praying and I'm looking and I'm seeing, God, where are you at work? And God, you know what? If you're working right here, I want to join in. God, if you're moving here, if you're doing this, I want to be involved in that. Oftentimes in our life, this is how we do it. We say, hey, God, I'm over here working. I'm doing something for you. So if you want to join in, how about you come on over? Isn't that how we live our lives? I'm going to say this, I'm guilty as a, as a pastor that oftentimes that I'll plan things or think of things and be like, man, this will be great for our church, let's do this. And instead of even considering what God's doing already. We can't live like that anymore. So please listen to God, speak to God, and do what God says. And your life will be different because of it. Listen, that's, that's the day. You see the daily review. You know you're at the end. Don't go to day two. Don't be like, man, I, you know, you're that student. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I remember, it's funny because now I'm sitting at my son and I'm like, man, that's not good. But you know how to do just enough. It's like, all right, I got to the end of day one. I'm done. My daughter, on the other hand, she'd be going through the whole book in one night. Don't do that. Spend some time. I love this illustration. I used to give this to the kids, and I, don't, I probably didn't make it up. It's, I probably heard it somewhere and stole it, all right? My memory's so bad, so I'm not going to take credit for this. But I, but I used to tell our students um, when I was a youth pastor at the last church and this one, I said it's almost like cows chewing on cud. Now, I'm not a farmer. I just learned this somewhere. I don't know where. But cows chew on the cud. What does that mean? It means that, that they'll eat something, they chew on it, then what do they do? Billy, what do they do? Swallow it? Tell me if I'm wrong, because if I'm wrong, and then, then I've been telling people wrong all the time. So they swallow that, then what do they do? <laughs> I like to use, they throw it back up in their mouth, they chew on it some more. I don't know how many times they do that, but why do they do that? Breaking it down. Are they getting more, the nutrients, all the nutrients out of it? And I told our students, I said, listen, this is what we want to do on God's word. When God says meditate on his word, you know what? In the morning, I want to chew on God's word. I want to swallow it. Maybe lunchtime, I throw it back up and I chew on it some more. I think about it some more. I meditate. 
it's a lot cooler with students because they love it. I'm, I'm still new to speaking to adults all the time, all right? So, but it's a perfect image, right, of what we need to do with God's Word. I've told people over and over in my office several times that, listen, you cannot live this life without chewing on God's Word. You cannot do life without chewing on God's Word. And you know what? If you have to, I'll use the word regurgitate. If you have to regurgitate it 1,500 times the same passage, do it until you get it. Do it until you get it. The great thing is this. We can meditate on God's word for our life and never, ever come close to learning everything God wants to teach us, right? Meditate on God's word. Spend some time on day one thinking, God, what did you say to me? God, this is what I'm praying, and this is how I can live that out. Got it? Awesome. I want you to turn to the back of the book. A couple more things, and and we're going to get out. On the, back, on the very back cover of the book, and I'm not sure about the older one. Is it on the back to the seven realities? Perfect. I wonder, you know what? The image might even be the same. I don't know. I think they, they redrew it. It was just like it worked so well. Yep. Looked like a first grader. So they came up with this diagram here, and this is what you're going to be studying for the 12 weeks. You're going to look at these seven realities over and over and over and over. And hopefully by the end of this 12 weeks, you're going to memorize these seven realities, okay? And this is important. Now, again, and I'm going I'm to say something in a minute about God's Word, but I want you to memorize these because I think these principles will help us in our daily walk, okay? To experience and know God's will, we need to memorize these realities. Number one is God is always at work around you. That was a, and I guess because it was number one, it just stuck with me. I don't know why. might have been because it was the shortest one. But I remember, God is always at work around you. And if God is always at work around you, what should I do as a Christian? I should be looking for where God's at work, right? For me, that's what I got away from that, was that if God's already working around me, then why should I try to muster up something else? How about I just join him, you know? You've heard it oftentimes, why recreate the will? So why try to do something that, that is in your own strength when you can jump in over here and do what God's doing and use him and depend on him? So God is always at work around you. Number two, God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. That is real and personal. Those two words, and you're going you're gonna to be studying this, and he's going to tell you, hey, underline or circle a couple of words that will help you memorize these. All right, so you'll get to that in your, in your studies. So just hold on to that. So you'll, you'll find a way to memorize these and think about these. But God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. Guess what? You know what that means? Is that he's pursuing me. He's pursuing me in a relationship with me. <clears throat> Number one is this. God, creator of the universe, would even pursue a relationship with me. Dirty old me. Wretched old me crooked old me. He wants to be with me. He wants a real and personal relationship with me. You know what differentiates every other religion from Christianity? Number two. You ever talking to somebody that's another religion? You know what you have that's different than they don't? You have a personal relationship with God, the creator. Something they all long for. But they don't have. Number three, God invites you to become involved with him and his work. 
God invites you to become involved. God's over there working already beside you, and he's whispering, hey, why don't you just come over here? Oftentimes, we don't hear God's whispers because we're so busy in our own stuff. We're so busy in our own things and what we think is important and what we believe will help build the kingdom up or, or maybe even not have to do with the kingdom. And God's over here just whispering, nudging, saying, listen, if you were a little closer, you could have heard me. If you were really concerned about the relationship that you have with me, then you would have heard that. I have something over here for you to do, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to be amazing. But you know what? If you're just going to stay, okay. That's oftentimes for me. I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to point fingers at you. I'm just talking about my life. Number four, God speaks by the Holy Spirit four ways. Through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church. Hey, look, look at your neighbor right now. Look at your neighbor. Everybody look at a neighbor, left or right, somebody back in the front. You know what? You know why you don't hear God sometimes? Because either you're not in church or you're not with the body of Christ. Because you know what? That neighbor may be needing to speak to you about something. I just got done, was talking to somebody last night about the body and the parts of the body and how important every part is. And even the toes, you know, the nasty pieces. God says that right there is greater honor than, than the eyes or the hands. Sometimes we don't hear God speaking because the church is trying to speak to us. And we're not listening. Maybe through the Bible, we're not reading our word. Guess what? How can God speak to me if I never open this? I've been there. Anybody else been there? Where you've gone days without picking this up and it's just sitting there and you're busy doing ministry. You're busy going to church. You're busy doing things for God and you think, man, this is great. But this book has never been opened. This is God's word. How could we not open it? How do we expect to hear from God if we're not going to church, if we're not opening the book, if we're not talking to him? The Holy Spirit can't speak to you. You say, I haven't heard from God in years. You know why? Because you haven't done your homework. It's not God not speaking. It's because you're not listening. Number five, God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Now, let me just go ahead and warn you that number five is where it's going to hurt. When you get to reality number five and God begins to say things to you and tell you to do things and you're writing it down, all of a sudden it's going to get real. All of a sudden it's going to come to a point where you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to continue to follow what I think is best for my life or am I going to say, you know what, God, I believe in you and I'm going to act. This is the uncomfortable moment. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, I just, I just got done this summer going through this, and I, I want you to know this. This is the times where you begin, to, you begin to question your faith, and you begin to say, okay, God, if I'm trusting you, then I'm going to say yes. If I believe you, and I believe this is you, and I believe what you can do, then I'm going to say yes. It's a crisis of belief. Number six, you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing. It doesn't get any better. It's like it almost just gets worse. Now he's saying, listen, if you believe me, you're going to say I do, and then you're going to have to make some adjustments. Some of you are going to have to do some things that, you know what, I would, I would, I would not want to do. I'm going to have to do some things that you wouldn't want to do. 
Guess what? When we get serious about our relationship with God, God's going to ask us to do things that make us uncomfortable and do things that make us sacrifice. We're probably in here thinking, yeah, I've already sacrificed something. Just wait. We get serious about what God wants to do in our life. Guess what? He begins to stir things up. But let me tell you this. Just a note of encouragement after I've just discouraged you. Guess what? Those sacrifices that we make, those major adjustments that we make in our life, guess what? And there's, there's many more people in this room that could attest to this and testify, and you say amen if you can. Guess what? Those adjustments are well worth the adjustments, right? Why? Because it's God. He knows what's on down the road. He knows what's next. He knows that those major adjustments are going to make us closer to him and, and make us more like him. We can't see that. It's crazy. I take these off now, and it's blurry. I mean, I used to not be that way. I'm telling you, it was like four or five years ago. I go to get my license, and I can't even read. I'm reading letters and numbers. And she said, sir, there's no numbers in there. I was like, you kidding me? There's numbers. <laughs> and now I put these on, I'm like, I'm telling you, God is our spectacles. God sees all, God knows all, and he knows what's best for me. When I begin to listen to him, when I begin to trust him, and when I begin to follow and obey him, guess what? It's good. It may be uncomfortable some days. It may be difficult. It may be sacrifices. I may, I may lose relationships. I may lose jobs. I may change uh, positions. I may have to move across the other side of the world, but guess what? If God says do it, you better do it. Anybody ever told God no? You want to talk about uncomfortable. Number seven, you come to know God by experience as you obey him, and he accomplishes his work through you. So the whole purpose of knowing, experience God is knowing and doing the will of God. We've got to get to principle number seven. This is how we come to know him. By what? Obedience. Exactly what I started out with, obedience. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. We could stop tonight and say, hey, we don't need this book. If every single one of you just start opening this book every day and obeying it. Dr. Blackaby would never have had to write that book if we would all just be doing what God's called us to do. So we're, we're encouraging, we're challenging you to dig into the scriptures, to see what it says so that we can be obedient. I'm going to tell you something. If we do this, I believe it's not only going to make major adjustments in our personal lives, it's going to make major adjustments in our church's life. That's what excites me. For the last 12 weeks, when I came to pastor about this, I've been praying. Number one, for me. God, I want you to do something in my life. That only makes sense because of you. I want you to do something in my personal life that only makes sense because it's you. And you've told me to do it. And because I'm being obedient to you. And then the second thing I prayed is this. God, I want you to do something that makes sense to our church only because of you. I want to see people and their lives change because your life has changed. 
And when you go outside these walls and you begin to go back to work and you begin to go back to school and you begin to go and do your everyday things, guess what? People take notice that there's something different about you because he's transformed your life, because you're listening more, because you're being obedient more, because all of a sudden you've experienced God. Because when his people experience him, guess what? People take notice. All through the Old Testament, people noticed. I don't know if this is going to happen in a couple weeks. I'm preaching in a couple weeks for pastor, and I'm, I'm reading through Jonah. I may be preaching in Jonah. And, and I just I think about Jonah as he goes into Nineveh. And what we know from the scriptures is that he just says a few words. You've got 40 days. I mean, he didn't even go in there and say, hey, God loves you, and God wants to know you, and God's made a way for you. No, he goes in there and he goes, listen, guys, you've got 40 ways to shape up or you're shipping out. God's bringing destruction on Nineveh in 40 days. And what happened? Boom, 120,000 of them dropped to their knees and gave their lives to the Lord. Why? I think there's some more to the story that we don't know. But just reading there, God used Jonah and his life and what he said and what he did. All of a sudden, God's power showed up. It wasn't even about Jonah. We sometimes make it about us. It wasn't even about us. It's just about what he can do through us. I want you to do one last thing. On page 270, there's an Experiencing God group covenant. This is normally done in a small group. I think this is, this is, I don't know, this is probably not, but it might be the largest experiencing God group that anybody's done. Usually it's done in a small group, and, and you write down, you know, members of your group, and you're praying for them every day. This is what I want you to do. <clears throat> and, I, and it may cause you to have to get up and ask some people, or maybe you just see some people you know. But I really want you to participate in this, because I think every single, how many of you in here want prayer? Raise your hand if you would like prayer for anything. Just raise your hand if you want prayer. Somebody to pray for you. Anybody? Some of you, some of you don't need it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you know what? Those that don't need it, just pray for me doubly. This is what I want you to do. I want to read this to you. And if you say, you know what? I want to commit myself to this. I want you to sign your name. And then at the bottom, I want you to write a few people around you that you can pray for. If you don't know their name, which that's probably likely, ask them. Maybe they'll ask you your name so you can pray for one another. I want you to get at least four people on that page that you can pray for. Every day when you get up and do your experience in God, hey, Jennifer, I'm praying for her. As she goes through this today, I'm praying God would do something in her life. Praying that God would speak to her. I'm praying that God would help her be obedient. I want you to pray for those around you. Don't walk out of here with no names if you're doing this. Because there ain't anybody in here. Don't, that ain't good English. There's no one in here that doesn't need prayer every day. All right? So let me read this. Ah, Chris Matters, covenant with my Experiencing God group. This is our group to do the following. Number one, complete the study of the Experiencing God workbook each week before the group session. When is that? That's next Wednesday. Don't come in here Wednesday and say, I didn't get day five done. Pastor's going to give you um, a bad report, all right? You don't want the pastor on your bad side. Or you don't want to be on his bad side. Huh. 
Number two, pray regularly for my fellow group members. Hey, you can write more than four if you want to, but at least get four people that you're praying for that are around you. I, I know this without a shadow of doubt. Most of you are going to come in. You're going to sit in the same spot you sit this week, aren't you? What if I was to tell you you can't sit in the same spot? I'm, I'm going to go mark your name where you are right now, and when you come next week, you've got to sit somewhere different. I won't do that because it freaked you out when I wouldn't let you sit in the back. You remember that? I roped it off, and everybody coming in here going, who do you think you are? I got in trouble for that, I think. Number three, participate in all group sessions unless urgent circumstances beyond my control prevent my attendance. When unable to attend, I will make up the session at the earliest possible time. You say, how do I make it up? We're going we're gonna to record these. So if you just want to go back and listen to the nights because you enjoyed it so much, you can go listen to it. It'll be on our website. I'll make sure that we have a link on our homepage. Have you seen the new website? Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, on the front page, there'll be Experiencing God link that you can get to the podcast and... Um, you can listen to it if you miss a week, okay? Um, but I think the main part is through the week. I don't even think the session's going to be that, that great. I think it's just going to be during the week you doing your stuff, all right? But you can't. Hey, there's some people right now that are helping volunteer and they can't be here tonight, so they want to listen to that. So that's one of the reasons we're doing it too. Number five. <clears throat> no, number four, participate openly and honestly in group sessions. Um, <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we're probably not going to get really private in a group this size. Uh, but you know what? It's all right if you want to share. And, and this leads into number five. What is shared in here? We don't have to go blab it on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? That's, amen, right? We, uh-huh. Let's keep it here, all right? Let's, let's make it a place where people feel welcome and feel, feel comfortable to open up and talk. Uh, this is a place where I, I really feel that, you know, we should be able to do that anytime, right? We come in anytime. Number six, be patient with my Christian brothers and sisters and my church as God works in all of us to make us uh, what he wants us to be. I will trust God to convince others of his will. I will not try to manipulate or pressure others to do what I think is best. I will simply bear witness of what I sense that God may be saying to us and watch to see how the Spirit uses that witness. Number seven, pray at least weekly for my pastor and my church. Um, if you don't do that already for our pastor, then, then you're way behind. We need to pray for our pastor. Our pastor has worked so hard this year, especially being the president of South Carolina Baptist Convention. I know he is wore out. He is on much-needed rest this week. But you know what? He's going to come back, and, and things don't change. <laughs> you know? He's got to get right back at it, and there's lots of things going on. He's been really busy. I think even after the convention thing is done and he's not present anymore, you know what? It's probably just going to get busier. You know how it is. But I believe our pastor needs our prayers every day and everything that he deals with and how he leads us. And people often, you know, listen, I, I, people come to me and, and they say things and they complain about things and they do this. And I'm like, you know what? How about instead of complaining, we just pray for those in leadership, for those that are, that are serving, for those that even our members that are here, our volunteers that give their time. Let's pray for those and commit to praying for those. All right? So if you're, if you're willing to do that, Last thing we're going to do, I want you to sign it. You can put your name there and then sign it at the bottom, date it. That's just to stay in your book. I'm not asking for that. I don't want you to turn that in. I don't want you to text me and say, hey, I signed it. You don't have to do that. That's between you and God. I forgot one thing. In the back of your book, there's memory cards. Did you see that? You're like, hey, he didn't say that. 
because mine are gone. Mine are right here. I, I, I really, and I, I told somebody this this week, and I've said this several times, I think memorization is a lost art. You know what? You remember, you remember kids' church? You got candy for memorizing verses, and after you stopped the candy, guess what? You stopped the memorizing verses. Did we not? And I, I've stressed to our students, I've stressed to adults, listen, the best thing you can do is memorize God's Word. Store it right here. All right? So take these out. Tear out them uh, each week and, and just take them with you. Put in your pocket. Put in your pocketbook. Put in your car. Put on your mirror. Something that you can continue. Again, it's part of that chew in the cud, all right? That every day, all day, you're just meditating on God's Word. And that verse is going to trigger things that you learn day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. So don't forget that, all right? Any questions? Real quick. You got one minute. Let me ask you this real quick. Anybody here want to share maybe something that you're hoping to get from this? Be honest, be open. You don't mind sharing it here. Go ahead. A little nervous. Some of you are hoping to get something out of it, right? Learning to share with others. Awesome. (laughs) Say that one more time. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I thought it was like, son, uh, yeah, something that we don't know what it is. God, do something. That's awesome. That's good. And that's a good word. You know what? You might know somebody that's a new Christian. Take them through it. What a great discipleship tool. I think it is. Anybody else? Right. And every day, everybody's going to wake up. I'll never forget my grandmother used to tell me when um, she'd get up to do her quiet time, she was faithful about it all the time. She would, she would get her book out and her Bible out. She said, you know what? The little things, I would sit down and I'd be like, I forgot to take my medicine. She said, that was the devil trying to get me up, distracted from reading the word. I said, yeah, you're right. He'll do whatever it takes, right? Don't let him. The great thing is this, in a group this size and a study like this, guess what? you got a lot of accountability partners. So next week, we're going to ask Billy if he's done them all. <laughs> if you're going to be honest in here, we just... <laughs> Everybody else is like... <laughs> Anything else? All right. Listen, if you came in late, didn't get a book, we got plenty of books here. want to help you out. Don't forget to be praying. Uh, For my friends next door, for Alex and Lydia and their class, pray God would use them and speak to them as well. Um, If you need to get a name or two, go ahead and do that around you, all right? I'll close up. Um, Let me just say this. I I didn't get to take a lot of prayer requests, but I want to mention a couple things and and help me think of if there's anything else I need to mention. Daniel Freeman's mom um, in the hospital, not, not doing good. And so we're praying for her. We're praying. Again, we've done this several times. We're praying for healing. We're praying for healing. So would you remember them, remember uh, Daniel's dad uh, as, as he has to make tough decisions and stuff. So um, anybody else uh, missing them? Charlotte Jones' dad uh, went into hospital. I just got that word, so yeah. Um, Pete Bishop, right, uh, went into hospice in the VA in Asheville. Uh, Charlotte Jones' dad. And so pray for, pray for him and pray for her. Um, tough situation right now, so... Just asking for God's hand in that. 
Good. That, that, that may be the reason. That's it. Deployment. Many of our service men and women gone different places. So pray for the Texas storms. Now we pray for what? Another storm. Um, be praying uh, because I think it's going to be pretty big. Um, let me just say this: plug disaster relief with North American Mission Board. If you say how can I help, give to give to North American Mission Board disaster relief. I can give you a number to text, uh, and you can give right away. Um, but it looks like they're going to need more than than we can even think and imagine with this storm coming up. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, one of the top three relief agencies in, in the nation or world? In the nation. Southern Baptist. How awesome is that to know because you give, because of what you do, we have men and women that can go and feed. Uh, they can feed 400,000 meals a day in Texas. Right behind. Yeah, one, one over in the Gulf and one, it's, hey, we just pray. We pray. Carlton, I think you had your hand up. Okay. Your aunt's name is Chris. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was Chris. Or... <clears throat> Just talked to a, a repeated guest. Um, he's got to have surgery in a month. Uh, 90% of his pancreas removed. Just uncertainty. Just pray for people like that. I know there's many. Tons of them. Would you pray for Discover Mount Airy Sunday? Because one of the great things about Discover Mount Airy is the gospel is presented and people get saved. You know, well, we don't care about the people that join our church. We care about the people that get saved. And, and it's, it's cool to see. So would you pray for those 22 that are, that are coming Sunday? Uh, that is the gospel is presented that their lives will be changed. All right. Let me, let me pray. Oh, yes, Billy. I haven't heard. Uh, Jim Wilson was in China with his daughter visiting, so pray for him. I'm not sure when he's coming back. but Let me, let me pray for us. Father God, we just thank you. God, there's so many things going on in our lives, so many requests that we need. God, would you just um, continue to work? Lord, as we, we already learned tonight, that you're always at work around us, with or without us. And so, God, we thank you for that promise. We thank you for that. And we just pray for these situations and circumstances that are going on. Uh, Lord, whatever it is, God, would you just continue to work? Would you continue to use your people to speak and to share the love of Christ with those around us? God, we look forward to what you're going to do. And we pray in Jesus' name.